prepare yourselves, everyone. This is the bit where I um, pretend that something from this week's movie happened to me. Um, this week, Matthew, I was um, I was tinkering around in the loft and found a uh, a, um, a projector with many different films on it. And on those films, it showed lots of people listening to uh, headphones and having a real good time. And uh, what were they listening to? Well, I assumed they were listening to some some sort of, you know, like good music, a Tenacious D or a or a Wicker Man soundtrack. But uh, the twist at the end was it was they were actually listening to a delightful horror movie podcast called Creative Psychopaths. This one, it's this podcast that I'm talking about. So did you did you work that out because you you saw what was on the phones and and they were all leaving five star reviews for this podcast? Absolutely, yeah. They all went on to. Um, whatever podcast app they were using and, and all all reviewed it as five stars which was lovely oh, and i think i saw the sound op- scary at all no it wasn't scary at all no it was a delight it was well the the projector was a pain in the ass i had to get a, a sheet or a towel or well, or a wall i don't know um that was a pain in the ass but, but apart from that and something about quick time i don't know and then i think <laughs> I, actually i might have known this one is there i think there's film has a sequel doesn't it where all those people that were leaving five star reviews i think in the sequel they all went and joined the creative psychopaths facebook group i think they did i think they're far off on all the social medias actually (laughs) one of those rare sequels that's better than the original oh that's brilliant what a treat um right anyway it's sinister this week let's get into it (laughs) that's the name of the movie not the tone for the podcast it's quite sinister Hello, everyone, and welcome to Creative Psychopaths, a horror movie podcast and the world's premier kitchen for horror sandwiches. What are horror sandwiches, I hear you say as you shake me by the collar? I say a horror sandwich is a delightful movie filling surrounded by two slices of chatty, bready goodness, whatever you like your sandwich to be. And uh, my name's Mark, and as always, I'm joined by Matthew. Good eh? Oh, good eye. Oh, you've got Australian... And I, mm-hmm. I've got I'm, I'm fully committed to it there. I'm still doing it. That's because my child watches Bluey, which is the most, <laughs> most Is Bluey as great as everyone says it is? Yes, it absolutely is. Absolutely is. It's um, possibly one of the most imaginative kids shows has ever been. Wow. It's very good. It teaches you lessons, makes you cry. It's got it all. It's not Peppa what, Pig. How would you say watching it as a, a 33-year-old man with no children? Go for it. I don't care. Maybe we'll uh, have to do it. Maybe we'll have to, we'll have to uh, watch them and, and leave it as a review for, for one of the hmm. slices of bread later down the line. I wonder if maybe having children makes it pull on your heartstrings a bit more, though. Um, yeah, yeah. just a big, big cavity in there at the minute. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it would. There's some good things in there, though, like they, um, they tackle neurodivergence and all kinds of stuff. But without without mentioning it either, you know, it's very good. 
That's good. I think that's the kind of stuff we were missing from kids' TV shows. I mean, yeah. they, they were they were good for moralizing, and we. Uh, but it was mostly stuff like don't smoke and don't bully people, wasn't it? And I think it'd be nice yeah. that we're 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 taking that further and and encouraging our kids just to be accepting of all people. Yes, yeah, that's nice of us. What uh, nice of the world. Oh, heartfelt way to open the podcast this week. Mm, Louis already rubbing off on me, and I'm not even watching an episode. <laughs> it doesn't feel right for a horror movie uh, podcast. Maybe we should swear or chop someone's head, head clean off. The, the last slice of bread is how we'd murder Bluey. Oh no, no! Spoiler: I, We wouldn't. Yeah, exactly. We wouldn't. In fact, that's banned. Banned subject. Banned topics. Say whatever you want, but that. <laughs> uh, um. So. Oh, a couple of things this week. I've, uh, I've I went all retro and contracted COVID nineteen, or I don't know what number they're up to now. Yeah. Um, Just as the World Health Organization say that it's not a crisis anymore. Yeah, there's a here, here it comes to strike markdown. Don't worry about it. Which um, it was it was pretty brutal for a, sort of three days, but I seem to be coming out at the end of it now. So um, yeah, sort of. Got picked up a test from M&S after I bought my unicorn bow buns because I thought, oh, I don't feel too well. And, uh, yeah, got the two lines, the two lines of victory, which back in the day meant 10 days off from work, but now it's just nothing. You look it up. I I contracted it just as it was my work's Christmas party, so I I missed that. Oh, no. Thankfully, though, I didn't didn't have any symptoms. Uh, just the other, the other half felt a bit tired and a bit, uh, a bit weary, uh, so we just had a check and yeah, both came back positive. Th- thankfully, I was one of the lucky ones and I didn't feel didn't feel any effects of it. Probably because of uh, I'm all jabbed up. Which yeah, well I'm all jabbed up as well, but um, yeah, it wiped me out for a few days, but I'm always wiped out anyway, so it's hard to say. Um, lovely. So. What I want to do before we get into this um, episode is I want to tell you a story that's not my story, but someone else's story. And uh, it, it told me it, and I thought it was the perfect picture for a horror movie. Um, is this person still alive? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, okay. So I'm, I'm more relaxed about hearing this now. Well, it's friend of the podcast, Matt, who you might remember from the Friday the 13th episode. Um, of course. Yes. So he was... I believe we, we dubbed him the superior, Matt. Uh, perhaps so. Perhaps so, yeah. Um, well, whatever. Um, oh, I've lost my train of thought. Ah! Anyway, I'm in a Discord that he's in as well. Um, and he was uh, telling a story of how he signed up to this app a long time ago called Be My Eyes. Um, and it's an app. It's it's like an app for blind people. I'm not sure exactly how it works for them, but if they've got something that they need read to them or something like that, then they can use this app and it, you know, people who have signed up for it, it calls them and they can, you know, read whatever it is or, you know, whatever it is they need doing. It's it's a lovely thing. It's it's a very nice idea, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. On board so far. Anyway, so Matt was saying that that somebody used it for him. It was the first time that someone used it. And he it, obviously he was expecting to read something. And anyway, the person who rang him was 
basically like, um, I need you to look through my camera and make sure there's nobody in my house. So he had to go sort of round the house with the person holding the camera in front of them while, uh, you know, he was the eyes for someone who couldn't see just because obviously they weren't sure if somebody was in the house. And I thought, as soon as he said it, I was like, now that's a horror movie. Yeah, there's there's plenty of room for uh, folks hiding behind the corner and whatnot there, isn't there? Mm. I was, I, uh, he was living his own little horror movie. But uh, yeah, I thought it was a delight. Um, well, not a delight. <laughs> it was obviously quite scary for the person involved, uh, the fact that they needed someone to, um, to do that. But, uh, you know, and it was all fine. It was all fine. There was no... There was no one lurking, but uh, yeah, it sort of writes itself that one. Yeah, I, that's. I'm, I'm getting the willies just thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, so um, watch, watch the watch the movies, guys. I'm I'm doing it. I'm making it. I don't know. What I'm doing. I mean, be my eyes is even a good name for the film, isn't it? It's got everything. It's got everything. It's got everything. Lovely. Well, so. We're having a bit of a Bloomhouse week, sort of. We're gonna uh, we're gonna do our top five Bloomhouse movies. We are, uh, yeah. And we're, we're gonna we're gonna make that the full sandwich, though. We're gonna give you a couple now, and I think the top three at the uh, for your last slice. So it's not laziness on our part. It's well, if, if anything, it's more work for us because when we've done top fives before, we just did top fives and we didn't we didn't do a film. No, that's true. So yeah, now we're, we're doing the top five and a film and a blue mouse. We're putting film. the yeah, we're pulling out all the stops here. <laughs> we're the kings of everything. Um, yeah. I don't know. Oh so, uh, yeah, basically, we, though we we wanted to do we wanted to do a top five because we've not done one for for a while and, and we we enjoyed doing them and we were thinking of of things. What uh, you know, thinking of topics that we could cover and. Yeah, me and you have had discussions in the past about A24 versus Blumhouse, haven't we, of mm-hmm. what we prefer? Because I think that, that that kind of sums up where we both are in regards to horror, don't we? You know, I'm, I'm an A24 guy, you're a Blumhouse guy. And it's uh, and that, that's where we uh, that's where the tension comes from. Yeah. Uh, so we did think of doing a top five around A24, but we decided that We'll we'll wait until Talk to Me comes out, which is the next the next big horror release. So we'll, we'll do that one then, and we'll we'll cover an A twenty four film. So I think we, should should we put that one up to the vote? Put it in the group to which one they'd like us to cover. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that'd be a good idea. Yeah. And, uh, for now, we're just going to do the other side of it and uh, do Blumhouse. Yeah. Although I think I think my opinions have changed quite a lot since we first started doing this i think i've become less of a blumhouse man over the over time um especially since for the more movies i've watched so um and i actually struggled to put this five five together um and of course i'm gonna use that to segue into to my honorable mentions then because one thing that surprised me because looking at blumhouse's film list on the website is just how many sort of non-horror films that they've done that have been brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they, they did Whiplash, uh, Upgrade and Black Klansman. I know Upgrade's kind of a horror film. Uh, 
And if you were living through it, Whiplash and Black Klansmen certainly are as well. But, you know, they're, they're well, you know, comedies, dramas, action within those. And I'm, I was really surprised to see them branch out as much as they have done with those. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I sort of wanted to have Whiplash on my list because I think it is quite a psychological horror, but uh, it, 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 but it in, you know what I mean? Like, it, 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 like you just said, if you were living through it, it totally would be. But it's sort of it in, really. Um, yeah, it's it's more of that character-driven, yeah, drama and obsession piece, isn't it? Yeah. But it's, yeah, it is really tough to watch at times. Well, I do have a couple of honourable mentions. Um, the first one being Get Out, because I didn't for, forgot it was um, Blumhouse. So it's not on my list. It probably should be, but uh, I forgot. And I'm not right. I'm not rewriting my list now. No, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll probably talk about that one in a bit. And um, oh, the Belco experiment, which I really enjoyed. Um, although I've spoken to other people about it recently, and I think it was quite not divisive. In fact, I think most people didn't enjoy it, but I quite liked it. I think it it left me a little bit cold, but at the same time, I don't think I was I was in the right place when I watched it. I think I was expecting something else. Uh, so I think if I went went back and rewatched it, I'd probably be a little friendlier to it. Yeah, I've, as I recall, I went into it not knowing a single thing about it. So I think um, I just I was like, eh, "It's not." I went in just knowing that that James Gunn was attached to it, and Ooh. when when you hear that, I, I kind of expected, you know, more of more of those James Gunn gross comedy flourishes that. And it was more of a, a straight up and down sort of brutalized horror film, isn't it? So I reckon if I went back in knowing that, I'd, I'd probably get more out of it. Oh, well, we'll get there one day. There's a million films and we've got enough time to record, do them all. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, well, I'm ready to get into it if you are. Okay, well, I'll, I'll start us and I'll kick us off oh, because... No. I'm going to pick a film that that feels like it's been forgotten a bit. And my number five is M. Night Shyamalan's Split. All right. Yeah. I I saw this and I thought it was a real return to form from M. Night. And, and it's, I mean, it's a really just pretty miraculous film that's put together because it's, it's so cheap how they've made it. Like there's very little to it, but it does a really good job of keeping this tension together, uh, establishing James McAvoy as a threat, but also not a threat and even a source of rescue at times. And, you know, it, it drags you along on this journey uh, with James McAvoy as this, this central character that we can never really trust. Uh, and really, I think the problem with it and why I think it has been kind of forgotten is that they tagged it onto Glass, which, okay, putting it with Unbreakable, 
makes sense. It's, you know, Unbreakable is another good film. Mm. But I think Glass just fell so flat with a lot of people, uh, myself included. I, I didn't care for it. No, me it, neither. Yeah, that it just kind of threw the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah. Split, you know, kind of felt the burden for that. And yeah, I, I'm here to write that wrong because I'm, I'm a split supporter. <laughs> yeah, I actually saw Split um, Odeon Scream Unseen. Um, surprisingly, and I think I think I saw it at least it was at least a couple of weeks before it was actually due out. So I was quite pleased about that. Um, but I think I think one of the reasons probably I've forgotten about it is because I watched it, enjoyed it, but it's never popped back into my brain in, in terms of oh, I'd quite like to watch Split again. I just never really thought about it again. Even though I agree with you, James McAvoy is really good in well, he carries that film really, doesn't he? Well, he's the main yeah, no. the main bit, really. <laughs> but I think not just that. I think the relationship with with Anya Taylor Joy when she was still, you know, finding her feet as a as an actress, you know, it, it really set her career off as well because you know they they do have a very good dynamic between them in it. You know what? I didn't even think I didn't even remember it was Anya Taylor Joy. Yeah, she she did split and the witch around the same time, and. I mean, it's just been all up from there for her, hasn't it? She's just been uh, strength to strength. Yeah. I don't think I even realised it was her and the witch either. I'm rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, it wasn't all, all up. She did the New Mutants a bit later. but I think I've got this idea of what Anya Taylor-Joy looks like in my head and it isn't what she looks like in those films. Uh yeah. yeah, she she did the the witch in 2015 and then split in 2016, uh, and then then did the uh, the secret of Maraborn in 2017, which is another it's it's a, a reasonable little horror film as well. So it's probably worth a watch. Again, it's a, a strong cast that that's a lot of them have gone on to do a a lot of successful things. Yes, I think I'll. Uh... Well, watch that. I might go. Oh, she was in the menu as well, of course. Anyway, um, lovely. What am I doing now? Oh, it's you're, my you're go. giving us your number five. Oh, I'm glad you're here to keep me on track because I, I have no idea what's going on. Um, so my number five is the Bay, which is. Uh, have you seen the Bay? No, this is one that I'm not familiar with at all. So I'm. Oh right, okay. Well, it's a sort of found footage film, but it's. A, around a documentary so um the basic premise of that of the film is that there are these um like parasites in the in the ocean that have um, mutated to the point where they well for want of a better word they turn people into zombies really so it's about how this town gets overrun by these parasites and these zombies um but it's done in a documentary style so it starts with um you know back to before it even happened you know the the build up to it and um you know the first attack and then of course there's a, there's a reporter who's there for some other reason who ends up um you know reporting the whole thing and it, it's just it's just good fun uh, i i i enjoy fan footage as you know it's probably just about my favorite subgenre um and i like the sort of 
it's it's that um you know like that bogus science that we both enjoy where you go <laughs> yeah they, you just you just make up any old shit and uh, they're your rules you explain it and you go yeah i'll take it <laughs> i'll accept that um so yeah it's 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 a good film it's um, like i say sort of a zombie film but not really because i think um i think the parasites sort of more take control of the brain so it's not like a a zombie dead movie it's more like a ah my brain's broken okay yeah well, it's, you you've convinced me to uh, to put it on the list yeah when i want to say put it on the list i i, I put it on the list with the full intention of watch it. And then I realized my list is like 600 films long and who knows when we're going to get to it. <laughs> yeah. But isn't that the case? I think that's, that's not a unique feeling. No, no, no. I've got a massive list and ended up watching the remake of maniac, which I don't even want to watch. And ended up watching that. And it wasn't even on my list. Very annoying. Very much. <laughs> So right, well, I will uh, I will go back into uh, to my list then because I don't really have much I can say about the bear for now. <laughs> so my number four is one of uh, one of Blumhouse's proper throwbacks in terms of their are you know their studio that brings back that feeling of your eighties horror, doesn't mm. it? You know, with the they'll, they'll make a good film and then pile out multiple sequels with varying quality. Yeah. And they always do those for the opening that is a Stone Cold classic. And this is one that I think is a Stone Cold classic and it is The Purge. Oh, really? Yeah, I I know a lot of people say that The the Purge Anarchy is is their favourite of them. Uh, I don't get that myself. I think I quite like how the purge is quite a tight story. It sticks with, you know, small cast of characters. And I think it's before the politics get got a bit too messy as they did mm-hmm. later on. But yeah, I just think it's this you know, this really solid home invasion movie. Uh with a really good premise, you know a strong message that it wants to put out. And I think the purge anarchy took it further, you know, in terms of of what it did, but I just didn't quite, I think with the purge anarchy, it moves from place to place too much. And I was like, each one of the little bits that they go to, I was like, this is like, there's a movie in and of itself in this or, you know, uh, or a TV episode. Whereas I, I liked how the first one just stuck with this singular story that it told. And yeah, I just remember watching it just being blown away by something that felt very refreshing, but also familiar at the same time. It's a film that I really love. Yeah. I'm, I've, I've no love for it. I must admit. Um, I didn't like, I, I basically didn't like it the first time I saw it and haven't followed up on any purge since i think correct me if i'm wrong but i think it's got a really dumb ending um and i think yeah so i mean for for 
spoilers for uh, for anyone who hasn't seen it, but uh, the ending is you know everyone breaks into the house uh, that that's trying to to get in. Some of them fight and them off. Some of them die, and basically they they just get everyone around the table and uh, Lena Headey's character, who is uh, you know one of the, the family in the homes that are invaded, they manage to. Uh, basically just take control of the situation and make everyone sit around in awkward contemplation of what they've done until the purge ends which again I I think is it's really I think it's quite a strong ending because it forces the characters to face the you know the responsibility for their actions in a time where they're being told that there is no responsibility for them. And I just, I think it's very, yeah, it's very good. It's actually making me want to watch it again now. You should. No, the, the list is too long. I need to, I, I need to get through other stuff first. Okay. Must watch new content. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know how that feels. Yeah. Well, hopefully this, this writer's strike, well, I want it to get resolved. I want all the writers to, uh, to you know, to get what they deserve. But at the same time, you know, if everyone could just stop producing for, you know, three to four years, let us catch up and then start again, that would be lovely. Yeah, yeah, that would be not well. Would it? Yeah, it would. Well, they kind of did it in the pandemic, but that didn't <laughs> that didn't work either. No, no. Um, yeah, no. I'm, maybe I need to revisit the purge, but uh, I just remember it not sitting sitting well with me. Um. So my number four is uh, Hush, Mike Flanagan. Um, have you seen that one? No, this is this is one that yeah that I, I've I've been meaning to. I think is it his first feature? Perhaps. Yeah, I think so. Um, it was been on Netflix forever, and now it's not on Netflix at all. And um, I, I do have a copy of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you should definitely get around to it. So Hush basically is a a movie about a lady who's deaf and um, a serial killer, if you will, or like a mass killer turns up to her house and um, he ends up realising she's deaf. And basically the whole film is around sort of her, you know, using what she's got to try and escape and him being a prick to her, really. Um, but it's very tense. It's a, it's a tense movie. I don't want to say too much about it because I don't know how many people have actually seen it. But, you know, you can, you can take Mike Flanagan as a sort of stamp of... Um, what, what am I trying to say? A stamp of something. Uh, a stamp of quality. Thank you. Yeah, he, he definitely is. I, I, do, I do really enjoy Mike Flanagan. I think, for me, I, I always find... He has a problem with endings. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they, they didn't care for the ending of, uh, of Hill House or Midnight Mass as a series. But the the journey that he takes you on is always, always very good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I think The Haunting of Hill House is, I would say, probably a couple of, of two episodes of some of the best horror that we've had. In years, you know, it really is 
Just right, a, a yeah. Great creator. Yeah, he has made some really great TV shows, some really great movies, and this is one of them. Um, the mask that the killer wears at the start, yeah, she does take it off eventually. is is unique, something different. So um, is that the one that they have in the poster? Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's sort of blank, really. Um, so, yeah, I guess it's akin to that... Um, um, I mean, there's a, there's a touch of the Michael Myers about it, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. Now, the the film's sort of akin to that um, Audrey Hepburn one where she's blind. Obviously, it's a different, uh, but it's the it, it it's that sort of thing of using you know using your sort of other senses to get around someone. You know, invading it's a sense invading that we rely own, on. Yeah, being yeah. taken away. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So from our point of view, it's like ah. Yeah, so um, no, it's really good. It's really good. Hush, um, I would recommend it. I don't want to, like I say, I don't want to say too much about it because I think people should just go out there and watch that one. Lovely. So okay then. Well, we're going to put a pin in in our top fives for now then, and we're going to talk about a movie that, well, I hadn't seen before today, so. Would this have made my top five? Is the question. So it's um. Oh, have you written the stuff? Because I've written the stuff. <laughs> I've I've not written the stuff. All right, okay. Uh, I'll, I'll let you take away. All right. So yes, yeah, Sinister from twenty twelve, which is um, I actually picked this one because I was looking for a Blumhouse movie and um. Oh, let's not go into the whole story, but basically this was one of their most successful ones. So I thought, why not? Um, now this movie's been was directed by Scott Derrickson, which was a name that I recognised. Um, I think he did a couple of Doctor Strange films. He he did the the first one, right? Uh, he was supposed to do the second one, but had a I don't want to say a falling out with Marvel. They, they sort of wanted to take it different directions because, from what I gather, Scott Derrickson wanted to make the second one an out and out horror film. Right. And I think Marvel wanted to dial that back because obviously they they think about the bottom line more than you know the directors. <laughs> so yeah, eventually they just gave it to you know a very normal by the book director who's never done anything grotesque and horror, and uh, they got Sam Raimi to direct it instead. Mm, and made it a horror film anyway. Um... Yeah, he kind of dialed it back, then he? he sort of told that line between Evil Dead and Spider Man quite nicely. Yeah, I quite liked that movie actually. Um, let's see. So this movie's movie, smoothie. I can't say movie, movie. There you go. You nailed it. <laughs> go on. This movie stars Ethan Hawke as Ellison Oswald, Juliet Rylance, have I written like that, as Tracy Oswald, Michael Hall Dodario as Trevor Oswald, Claire Foley as Ashley Oswald, and James Ransoners, well, I must put De- Deputy So and So because I think that's the only name he actually gets. Um, now, this movie um, had a 3 million budget and box office to 87.7. So, that's a good chunk of change, isn't it? Yeah. I would say um, that is something that Blumhouse is good at, isn't it? Putting small budgets in and churning out good profits. Yeah. I, I mean, that that goes back to to that thing earlier about you know them, them being reminiscent of that eighties 
ethos for, for horror movies where you would you would churn them out cheap. Uh, I think the difference is with Blumhouse is that they very frequently get big names and high production value out of the small budgets. Yeah, yeah. But they never look cheap, do they? No, no, they they, they look like Hollywood movies, really. Yeah, they they really they really get their uh, the money's worth out of them. They do. So yeah, that is one good one thing that we will definitely sell Blumhouse on is that they do know how to do that. Now, this movie has got an interesting factoid that I thought I'd give you. Okay. In, in 2020, Broadband Choices, whatever that is, did a like heart rate test for horror movies and this movie came out as the scariest based on heart rate. Uh, so there you See, go. I've heard the same thing uh, experiment did that Hereditary came out on top. Yeah, well, I had the specific who actually did it. Yeah, well, uh, that's, I'm going to have to when, when we cover Hereditary, I'll have to uh, I'll have to find the one that uh, that I heard. I've got yeah. to say, I'm surprised by that because I I didn't find myself getting particularly scared by this film. Uh, no, I think it. Well, I think we'll 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 probably get to it in a in a bit, but yeah, I think it wasn't something that that really got me. No, so loosely the plot of this is that um, Alice Oswald has once upon a time written a successful true crime novel and he keeps trying to find one that's actually good. So they move to a house where a family have died and in that house he finds a projector with movies of families being murdered and then shit goes down, basically. Um, right, so, well, first thing that I do want to say is that that you owe me an apology. Uh, because oh. you you made me watch this right while I'm in the process of moving house. <laughs> oh yeah, never thought. So well, now now I'm going to have to be worried that there was some kind of murder took place in my house, and that moving is going to cause uh, a demon to come after me. Uh, or likewise, if someone has been murdered in the house that I'm moving to, and I'm going straight into the demon's mouth, so. Yeah, thanks for that. That's gonna uh, that's gonna weigh on me now. Well, I, I apologize for that, but um, you know that stuff's not real, so don't worry about it. Uh, okay, now you fill me with confidence now. Yeah, that stuff's not real. Don't worry about it. Um, plus, if it's this guy, you 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 won't you won't get that scared. As well, uh, I don't have kids, so no one like they can't touch me. So you know, yeah, fair you, enough. Yeah, you sweet, you sorry. Don't Bring worry about on. it. Yeah, don't worry. Fuck you, whatever your name is. Um. Didn't even write his name down. Demon, demon, <laughs> demon guy, Jeff. Uh, just Jeff the demon. Jeff the demon. Jeff the demon. Um, I'm gonna have. I'm gonna have to get this bit, this out of the way now. But I was intensely bored watching this. Um, like, I didn't. It didn't do anything for me. Like. The, don't get me wrong. I've got some. I've I've written down a few different points, and there were things that I enjoyed that I enjoyed about it. But overall, I found it just sort of dragged along. Um, it's another movie that probably could lose ten minutes or so. Um, yeah, I'm inclined to agree with you. Yeah, um, I think it 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 does go on too long, and. 
I, I think as, alongside that, I think the problem is, is that it feels like it goes in circles a little bit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because the, the scenes where we're, you know, we're, we're meant to feel tension and we're meant to feel that, that spooky things are happening. They're all basically just Ethan Hawke wandering around his house at night. <laughs> and we get, off, I think it's three set pieces that were, were more or less the same. Uh, you know, there were a couple, one of them, there were sort of spooky ghost children running around. One, he just had a torch rather than other lights on and stuff. But, you know, it, it kind of just felt like we were going in circles in the film. You know, we knew something was happening. You know, we knew that there was there was spooks about, but we we had to do it three times. And you just think, well, you know, we've we, we, we've done it once. Yeah, we've had this bit. Yeah, you know, give yeah. us something like there was a bit uh, after one of those scenes where he he's, goes outside, doesn't he? And he's sort of face to face with a dog, and you think, oh, that, you know, this is quite tense. This is mm. uh, a nice scene because it's you know it's different. It gives us a different location. It gives us different dynamics from from what we've had, and you know. It, it really does just drive home the fact that so much of what we're trying to be scared of is here is like I said, it's just Ethan Hawke wandering around the house and it's what's that, what's it to worry about? <laughs> you know, we've, we've done it once and he's fine. The next two times we know he's going to be all right. Mm. Yeah. And there's something about, I'm not sure why, but not a single jump scare caught me. No, I, no I, it, it didn't with me either. And I was like, I don't know whether they, they didn't suitably build the right tension or, you know, the way that worked, but there was a number of, like, jump scares in it, or at least intended ones, with, you know, where loud noise or a sudden appearance or something like that. And it, it just, at no point was I was I built up to that. Or when it happened, I was like, eh. No, I think you're right as well. There was one scene in particular that really drove it home to me when uh, in one of those bits where he's walking around the house, he goes up the stairs to the to the loft and there's these ghost children sat there watching the movies. And then on the screen, the, the demon guy comes up, doesn't he? And you, know, you kind of half see him in this film footage. And I thought at this point for all the world, he's like, oh, okay, he's going to, start walking and he's going to become real and, and attack him. But he, don't, he just comes from the side of the screen, basically just goes, boo. You're like, oh, oh, that's... You People sort of... jump out at me all the time and that's, yeah, I'm kind of over that. You sort of go, <coughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, uh... I, it's... that There were scenes in Creep 2 last week, weren't there? Where we spoke about attempted jump scares. Right, yeah. That, that just didn't feel like jump scares because the characters weren't reacting to them. I mean, they felt more like jump scares than these ones did, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. And those were, like, well, like you said, it, it was the intent was there for it to be a not jump scare, jump scare. Whereas with this, it's definitely trying to get you. Um, but never, it never, do, never gets tense enough to be to be a jump scare, but. In saying that, there were there are things I like about it. Like, 
I quite enjoy the home movie bits. Um, you know, there's a decent amount of brutality to them, and um, yeah, I thought the kills were really creative. So yeah, they were, and and awkward to watch. They were very visceral. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, for for sure, and um, those those were interesting bits. Those those were the creepy bits. I could have, I could have had more of that. Um, I feel I feel they should have, like they burned through that material too quickly. I thought like it should have. I don't I know how they would have, to have seen because we see the uh, the hanging scene, don't we? We see four bodies on the tree. We see that. Like multiple times, don't we? Throughout it, mm. and I'm kind of thought maybe you know, if you're showing those scenes more than once, maybe vary them a bit. Because I've thought the uh, the kill where people were strapped to the uh, you know, like the, the pool loungers and, and dumped right. in, you know, I, I got really, I really felt that one, yeah, right. And but I think we only, you know, we, we only really saw it once, maybe twice properly, and you know, and they were showing us the hangings and stuff. Maybe mix it up and give us a bit more of them. But then again, you know, maybe it would lessen their impact. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not too sure on that. But so I think you are, you are definitely right with it. Yeah. Um. Let's see. What have I got? Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll go oh, for for yeah. something because I think the the reason that we were saying about how those scenes looked really good. Uh, I think this is something that Scott Derrickson did a really good job of on the black phone. Right. Uh, came out last year. Is that he, he captures uh, an era incredibly. You know, every bit of home footage that he shot, it really felt like the time that they were, right, yeah. they were making. And a lot of times when people make these films, you know, they just they just do a bit of costuming and you know a bit of interior set design and stuff, and and it works for the most part. But you know, Scott Derrickson here is you know he's put it on that Super Eight film, which always helps to make it feel more authentic. But I don't know, he just the way that he he captures it, it's he you know he shoots it. You know, on this footage, he moves the camera in a in a very sort of home video way. You know, in the use of when he focuses and what he focuses on, and like he really just feels of an era, and it makes those home videos and and those murder scenes feel all the more real and visceral because of it. And you know, like like I said, he he really like just took that even further in the black phone, which is a a really beautiful looking piece for the seventies when it's set. Mm, yeah, you're right. Yeah. 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 No, that, um, yeah, you, you, you smack on with that actually. Yeah. It's, um, well done. You. Thank you. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I noticed it while I was watching it, but as soon as you said it, I was like, yeah, you're right. Um, well, what else? Um, Oh, I didn't mind the slow running children. Uh, I quite liked that. Um, the uh, the bits where the the escaping Ethan Hawke's vision when he's yeah yeah yeah. I thought there was. 
Uh, partly what I enjoyed about it was the fact that um, instead of him just not being there, they ran off camera, which I thought was, um, I quite enjoyed that rather than, him, you know, that, that sort of, it's a bit of a trope in it where well, something, wait, yeah, they something's just the there and, and then, and then not there. Whereas with him, he was like turning around, but they, you saw them like fuck off, like, yeah, he's gone. So yeah, I, I quite liked that, and I quite liked that they seem. It seemed like they were in a different plane to him, which I thought was all right. I quite enjoyed that. Yeah, they felt very ghostly, didn't they? Yeah. Um, the other thing I have to give a bit of credit to Michael Hall Dodario, who actually manages to probably produce the two scariest moments in it, where he comes out of a box. Uh, yeah, <laughs> with his night terrors. That's one of the good ones, yeah. Yeah, and hiding in a bush, um, which is also quite scary. Um, so yeah, but especially hiding in a box—that's that's that because he he's got a kind of freaky look to him anyway. Um, but he manages to, I think, portray really well that he's having some sort of night terror. Yeah, and I think the 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 scenes sort of during the daytime just help that out as well, don't they? Because he's sure that he's not coping well with the moving house and he's arguing with his mother. And, you know, there's, there's that. I think what I did like as well is that the family didn't, like, break down, like, as as a dynamic often does. Right. You know, I liked how the characters were consistent in that, you know, we, we're a family and we care about each other and we look after each other and stuff. And, it, you know, because when the ending comes along, which so we'll get to in a bit, it it feels more impactful because of it. You know, because when you know that these issues are all happening amongst families, you know, you tend to f- expect a shining style situation where they all fall out and it builds up to a, a tension and it just goes the other way and that, you know, these bad things start happening and they become tighter. And yeah. I thought that was, that was a nice dynamic for them. Yeah, it was a good choice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there is some fallout there, but it's genuinely, you know, sort of what you'd expect. And, it um, feels like like that house move stress, doesn't it? And, you know, yeah, right, new yeah. environment, people out, out of the, you know, the, out of the comfort zone uh, and they're taking it out on each other. Uh, and I mean, even one bit, uh, Ethan Hawke's wife, he, she does say, you know, oh, I was mad at the kid and I took it out on you. And he's like, oh yeah, don't, nothing to be sorry for. And, you know, it felt like you know, like a real couple because of that. Real conversations, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, what about did you? <laughs> you know that there were sketches. There was quite often sketches of um, the events. I don't know what that was from, but um, they reminded me of Purple Ronnie. Do you remember that? Purple, it rings a bell, but yeah, it was like. It was like a man who who wrote who drew like little fat stick figure people, and uh, they often came with a poem. Oh, it was the uh, the Vimptor mascot, wasn't it? Ah, yes, yeah, he was that for a bit. Yeah, purple runny. Yeah, yes, I do remember. Yeah, that's what it reminded me of, um, which made me chuckle. <laughs> well, yeah, he's certainly taken the sting out of it from uh, now, yeah. now that you've said it. <laughs> There was another bit that made me chuckle as well, which, ah, not chuckle, but I was amused by it, where um, the deputy 
comes over and they're, they're looking at the hole in the ceiling and he's talking about, I heard footsteps up there and he's like, um, he said, well, there was a snake up there. And the guy's going, well, snakes don't have feet, so you wouldn't have heard that. And uh, just this whole thing where he's talking about what animals have got feet, which uh, just amused me just slightly. Yeah, I thought Deputy So-and-So was a really nice character. Uh, I think he, he did provide those those little moments of levity throughout the film. Moments of levity as well. It also provides one of the moments of... Uh, ah! what, I don't know what that means. Well, I, I got I got the gist. I don't know what that means. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so... Well, I don't know where you want to go. Do you want to get to the ending? Well, should we, should we talk about the ending? Uh, because I think this, this is where the film really, really did it for me, actually. Uh, because they like they move house, don't they? they? You know, they move back to their old house because of everything that's going on, and the, Ethan Hawke struggling with it, and he wants wants to get away. Which again, it, you know, it's something that you feel is a very sensible decision for the character. Yeah, I, I like that because of because up to then you sort of he is a bit of a shit house character, but the fact yeah. the fact that he does get to the point where he realizes, ah, uh, no, this. You know, my family's more important than this bullshit. Um, yeah, so you can get sold on him, which is good. Yeah, and then then sort of just after that, we we get the call, don't we, from from deputy so and so, telling them that, oh, that you know, it's they they all lived in a house and then then moved, and then that's when the 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 massacre happened, and. You know, it's at this point where you think, you know, the, the the way that the film's been paced says we're going to be here for another, you know, half an hour or so. And this is the second act and we're going to go in for a, a big, you know, denouement. And instead, we just get, yep, yeah, here's the thing. Little girl comes in, dead. And it's like, it's, it's impactful. You know, they, they don't, show you anything do they? they you know they don't show the family being chopped into pieces with an axe no but they show enough and you know they show how that the girl starts filming it and you know has tied them all up and, and taped them up and i think the after the incident happens it probably just drags on a little beat too far but that little bit it comes so abruptly, but also it's it's the exact thing that we're expecting. Mm. And there isn't a... You know, the, the characters at this point know what's going on. And you kind of think, oh, you know, they know what's going on, so they're, you know, they're going to get themselves out of it, they're going to break the cycle, happy days, you know, standard horror movie stuff. But instead it's... No, they, they tell you what happens, and it happens. That's it, it's done, you know? Hmm. I, th- I thought it was really strong and a re- you know, very good way to end the film. Yeah. Uh, that didn't do anything for me. Um, I sort of... Well, I guess the twist is that that it turns out that it's the youngest, maybe the youngest child who's somewhat been manipulated to kill the whole family. So we do see the endings of all these videos where, you know... And then, of course, the youngest child of Ethan Hawke's family kills everybody. But 
there's something about this because one thing we didn't mention mention is uh, there's a professor who pops up now and again and he's got well, he gives us our exposition doesn't he with some vague information about something or other but what why do they have to move house that don't make any sense that's just a weird <laughs> as plot points go there's nothing there's nothing there it's just changed location oh you moved house that was the problem what why it this, is a bit of a strange one isn't it this they? this demon goes oh well, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not i'm not killing people in the same house what, who do i look like you know because the, the the thing with that is that it doesn't it doesn't spread does it 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 moves in a line it just carries on down a path rather than yeah, you know, being a curse that's that's moving outwards, and as far as as the threat goes, you know, even the fact that we see this the family get get wiped out, you know, what what happens if they knock the house down and no one else moves in? Yeah, and what happens if they don't move? He gets bored, and you know, yeah, it. it I mean, it works, for, you know, for the inside the film, you know. That the story that they're telling, but you know, like you say, the the logic falls apart pretty quickly, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. No, it didn't. It, I must admit, it didn't do anything for me at any point. Um, I I was just very bored throughout most of it, um, which was a shame, really, because I was expecting more. Um, I thought I'd seen this before, but I'm not quite sure. I think I'd, I think I've seen some of it, but not all of it. So, um, and that might have been part of it um, that I was sort of expecting some of the things. Um, but yeah, no. I mean, I'm ready to review it. Um, yeah, I reckon I'm. Uh, I'm about the same now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, it's, I, I hate. I don't know why I hate to say it. For me, it was a shit. I was bored out of my brain for nearly two hours. Okay, well, I'm 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 going to be more gentle from that because I think Scott Derrickson is a director I like, but I don't love. So I, don't, I don't think he's made a film I've disliked, but also at the same time, he's never he's never made a film that I've just thought, yes, this is this is fantastic. Uh, and to, to be honest, I do actually thinking about this. He's, Best film probably is the uh, the Doctor Strange one, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. I think that's weirdly uh, as things go. I think that's the one where he's flexed most of his creative muscles within a, a pretty stifling environment for a filmmaker. And but anyway, that's by the by. So yeah, yeah. I think like we said, this is a film that does feel a bit of a slog at times. Uh, it needs the the runtime cutting down, but I, I think there's a lot in it that still just keeps things interesting and gives us something to to enjoy. So I'm going for a new. It's spooky. Oh, lovely, lovely, lovely. Yeah, I, I might I might think about it later. And but like I say, for me, it was just just too damn long, uh, too yeah, damn long, it... and very boring. And it's it's slow, and there's a, there's a few themes in there as well that I think go a, a little bit underdeveloped, uh, which you think you could have could have maybe tightened those up and you know fleshed those bits out while cutting out others, and 
yeah, I reckon there's there's, there's a couple of other bits you, you could go about this and to improve it. Yeah, I think I might watch the second one though. <laughs> Why not? I, I'm, I'm going to guess someone moves into that that house and then moves again. Um, turns out Deputy So and So is a private investigator in it. Oh, oh, that's good. Yeah, why not? Why not bring him over to the sequel? <laughs> well, it was one of the best things about this this one. So yeah, uh, one of the things I forgot to mention was the letterbox on that was three point three, um, which is not bad for letterboxed. Yeah, I think that, that, that falls into ooh, it's spooky territory for Letterbox, I'd say, doesn't it? Yeah, it's tricky with horror movies Around on there. Yeah. Um, lovely. So that was the lovely, very, very sinister feeling. Oh, spikes of some kind. Um, I don't know what's going on here. Uh, so let's get into these top three Blumhouses. Bloom, Bloom, yeah. Bloomhouses, Blum, Blum, whatever. So I'm just going to say now, Sinister is not going to make my my top three. I'm afraid. Oh, what a shame, Sinister. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Sinister. It's not even in my honourable mentions. My honourable <laughs> poops. I don't know what that is. <sighs> right? Should we uh, should we do the top three then? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Right. Well. Just to, to peek behind the curtain, everyone. Mark told me his top three before we started. Ooh. So that we didn't uh, step on each other's toes. Uh, and we've actually got the same number three. Oh, lovely. So for, for number three, uh, we've both said The Invisible Man. We did. Yeah, which is um, it's a movie about gaslighting, really, isn't it? <laughs> it's, yeah, toxic relationships, uh, how to be a dickhead to your other half. Uh, but I, it's, uh, I think what I like most about uh, The Invisible Man is that it's a story that I always found to be quite silly. Uh, you know, the H.G. Wells book. Uh, it, you know, it is just a bit daft. Yeah. Yet they've, they, you know, they've taken that central premise for this one and they've made, like you say, you know, really strong film about you know gaslighting abusive uh, relationships, relationships yeah. And, yeah abuse but also you know within that just this film that's dripping in tension and just a really yeah it's a fantastic film yes it's it, it's brilliant like you say it, it's there's so much tension in it because um we know for sure he's there, but we don't know where. Um, we don't know when. We don't know any of that stuff. So um, it works out, you know, really well in terms of in terms of all of that. Because uh, I mean, the the bit with where she throws the tin of paint on him. I mean, yeah, just it's, masterful filmmaking. That yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, really, really great. Um, and also, I just would like to give Elizabeth Moss just uh, a little bit of credit as well, because she really goes through that film, just looking as horrible as possible, just to really show the effect that all the events are having on her. And I I can't think of uh, many actresses would enjoy doing that. No, no. Two thumbs up, Elizabeth. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think it's say it definitely it's got something to say about abusive relationships as well. It's not just that's not just the sub the subplot of it to make you hate the guy. It's got something to say. And um yeah, it really it really did stand out as um as a brilliant film. Yeah, it's it doesn't just show the you know the abuse and saying this is bad. It goes this is how it happens. This is why it's bad. This is what it does. You know, it really just picks all of all of that stuff apart, and you know, it's and and how it's it, important to to say those things. Yeah, yeah, and the sort of you know how you know, like it or not, that abusive relationship follow follows you. You know, in this case, literally, but um, you know, it does. If even if you escape an abusive relationship, it it follows you um, for the rest of your life. So yeah, you know it'll always it'll always be there, invisible. Yeah, but, but mis- hanging over you. A mistrust that um, built by somebody else. Yeah, it's really it's it, it's quite deep, and uh, it does have a very satisfying ending, um, which is nice. I like a satisfying ending. Um, Side note to this, uh, I recently watched the actual Invisible Man. Uh, well, the the Universal Monsters one, which um, for a ninety year old film really holds up. Oh, that's that's good. Oh. <laughs> I, I read the book fairly recently, and it is just it's very silly. He just walks around just boffing people, just, <laughs> just giving people a just clip round the ear all the time. Well, to be fair, the 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 movie's very silly, but. Um, like I was watching it going, this is silly, but the the effects, you know, considering the time, you know, I think yeah. sometimes you've got to do that. Haven't you? Well, you've told me that in the past. Um, you amazing, really. Great. Um, well, uh, shall we get on to our number two then? Yes. Right. I'm going to say my number two uh, quickly because I I know that I'm, I'm spoiling it on. I'm terrible for this, but my number two is Creep. So oh, it's right. a film we've covered on the podcast before. And you're probably going to mention it at some point too. <laughs> okay. Right. Well, so my number two is uh, Paranormal Activity, which... Also a film we've covered on the pod. I all, I, I had um, I had down as being a Paramount film, but apparently I think it was distributed at some point by Blue Mouse. Yeah, uh, I mean, films... It's, it's on the... Yeah, no, no one ever takes all of the risk anymore. It's on their list. Um, paranormal activity. Do you know what? I'm not going to spend too much time on paranormal activity. It's it's a found it's a found footage film that re that basically relaunched found footage films. I, I would say. Um, yeah. If you, did. if you haven't seen paranormal activity, give it a go, and then listen to our episode about it. Yeah, that was an early doors one with them. Um... Oh. Let's see who was with that with Paul Salt from um, what was that? One good thing. Yeah, no, that's the yeah. Uh, what was the episode we had recently with him? You oh, you won't be alone. We did with him. Yeah, you won't be alone. I was thinking oh, for some reason I thought you think you know me, but I'm like that's Edge. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I would just drop into wrestling now and again. <laughs> Yeah, okay. And so, um, well, 
Oh, let me just do my number one then. Oh, we've spoiled it already, haven't we? Yeah. So we'll... Well, I, I have cheated, though, because I've put both Creep films in at number one um, because I feel like they're a lovely continuation of the same story despite uh, despite not being... Uh, but no, you should but at the go same back... time, they feel as a, as a piece, don't they, as well? You know, they do they do fit nicely together. They do fit. Which and you know, if, so. And people are always putting Star Wars and Empires right next to each other, so... Um, uh, yeah, Star Wars you're, you're not breaking any rules as far as I'm concerned. So, uh, yeah, Creep and Creep 2. Um, okay, I mean, we did Creep 2 last week, so you don't need me to talk about that. And... Um, We've done creep on this before. I would say, yet again, if you haven't seen them, you, you should. Each one's like an hour and 20 minutes out of your life. And you're going to see, with both of them, unique, creepy horror films that are just worth watching. Absolute creative psychopaths for both of them. Um, so, yeah, that's that's why they're my number ones. Um I think at some point it probably would have been paranormal activity, but really, really come round to creep. Yeah, I think the yeah, but they're both just just great films. Yeah. And, oh. Well, I'm not going to say any more about them. Just li- if you you're not sure, listen to the episodes, watch the movies, and and you'll get it. You'll so, get it. My number one then, uh, because I mean we, we've we've. I took all the tension out of yours and you've already mentioned mine. So we're not doing uh, <laughs> much to really keep people on tenterhooks here, uh, but I'm going for, for get out. Yeah. You know, get out. It's, it's one of the most important horror films ever. Probably the most important horror film of the 21st century. And like when films just get this head of steam juggernaut reputation. Sometimes they just deserve it. And and this is one of them, you know, for, for all it's talk about the way that it frames race relations in the, in the U S which it yeah, absolutely doesn't and hugely important subject. Even if you strip that away, you know, which takes it that, that, that stuff that elevates it to just being a, a real genuine all timer take that away and it is still just a really great nuts and bolts horror film. Mm. And it like, there's nothing there that's, that's not to love. You know, it's, it's one that I think it took, it, it took me a little time to really appreciate how good it was. And, you know, once it does kind of click with you, it really just, it, it's a masterpiece. There's no other word for it. It really is the voice of a singular talent who, I mean, Jordan Peele is, is just one of the best filmmakers in the world right now. And he's, this, this is his best film. He's, I'm, I'm just rambling now because <laughs> it's really brilliant and you, you should all watch it if you haven't. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I don't have anything to add to that. I agree with you. It's it, it's a masterpiece, and it, I I don't know why I missed it on on Blumhouse's list because it would have. I don't know that it would have made my number one, but it definitely would have been in the five probably. Uh, it doesn't matter. I missed it, so uh, I agree. With, I agree with you and everything, and I think um, 
you know, we definitely need to get around to it at some point because it's just, oh, yeah, an absolute masterpiece. Yeah, wonderful. Get out, get out. Oh, I don't know why I said that. Um, just thinking of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right, well, he does say that, doesn't he? Does he? Get out. I'm sure he does. It's kind of like the that stock phrase for people doing an Arnie impression, isn't it? Get to the chopper. That's the other one. Well, put that cookie one. down. Put the cookie down. Uh, I'm just doing Arnold now. Um, lovely. We've done it. We've achieved. We've achieved yes. another podcast. We've made a lovely Bloomhouse sinister slice of a sandwich, slice of sandwich. Oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> well, you can't have a slice of sandwich, can't you? Well, whatever. Uh, my brain's obviously dead. Um, yeah, you, you've been spending all this time thinking about Blumhouse. You've. I just would like to just say thank you to Blumhouse because I think they're, they're keeping horror alive in the 21st century. Oh you know, yeah, they're, they're absolutely. They're, they're putting are. it in cinemas. They're getting it to a wide audience. They're, they're making it viable as a you know as a money making genre and, and way that they do it and you know for a lot of the films do vary in quality as a studio as we've shown with with our list here they've they really have put some fantastic films out and yeah that we love yep. Blumhouse. Thank you yeah. for all that you do. <laughs> I'm saluting are you saluting uh, I'm saluting yes I'm saluting them yeah, I've got a picture of Jason Blum on the wall. He's he's dressed as Mithrigan. Yeah, of course, and um, you know Blumhouse gave us Halloween back. You know, some might argue they shouldn't have done, but you know they. But have. even then, they, you know they 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 took some swings, didn't they? You know they they didn't they didn't give us any boring films. They they took chances. They didn't all come off. And you know that's what it's about. Yeah, we, we've got Halloween. We don't need Halloween again. Let's do something Else. wacky. And they and they <laughs> did that, especially with that last one. Very wacky. Uh, right, let's go. Um, let's go. Let's call it. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, uh, review, not reviews. Yeah. Yeah. Give reviews. A, give us a review. I said that at the beginning. Um. Give us a review. Do some other stuff. Join the Re- groups. Remember, if you join the group, you get to vote on what film we're going to cover for the Air 24 episode. Oh, yeah, that's true. So, uh, And I'm just going to mention at the end that I have sort of started a Patreon. Um, if you want to join it, you should. <laughs> That'd be nice. Yeah. Um, we're, not, we're not pushing it, pushing it at the moment, but... You know, if we get a few people joining, then we'll uh, we'll create some additional content. Um, where I, I'm going to talk about salad fingers, probably. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'll just remind you that it's very cheap to sign up. Yeah, I'm almost definitely going to talk about salad fingers. I like I rusty spoons. <laughs> oh, well, on that dog bark, we'll call it a day. All right. All right. See you later. Bye.